right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Laying Up podcast. This one is mega delayed. We had to record this two separate locations. I think we recorded the first half of our Ireland podcast in Greenville, second half when we were up at Cabot. Um, I know it's been a few months since we have uh, been in Ireland. You guys have been waiting for this pod. At least some of you have. Some of you may not care, which is totally fine. Um, Taurus Sauce Season 4 is going to start some point in September. I'm not going to promise the date just yet. We are working on it. We are plowing through the editing. We are trying to get through Strapped first as well. Uh, we've got a lot of a lot of stuff going on. We're trying to get through it, I promise. Uh, it will come soon, but we're going to release... This is part one. This is going to span from the beginning of our trip, which was uh, Dunebag and the Doolin Pitch and Putt all the way through Dukes and a lot of other courses in the Southwest. And uh, then we're going to pick up the second half here. We'll post that remaining part on Tuesday evening. Before we get going, Golf WRX just released their best drivers of 2019. Epic Flash won every single swing speed category. I've actually never really thought of it this way, but it was the best driver for swing speeds from 95 to 105 miles an hour, from 106 and above, and for 94 and below. That means whatever your swing speed is, Epic Flash was the highest rated driver in every single category. You know all about it, flash face technology, artificial intelligence, machine learning. It's redefined what's achievable for ball speed and distance. Now that the results are out, just take a look at it. Go to callawaygolf.com. You can read all about this. 13 expert top-ranked club fitters around the country. It was literally the only driver on the market that got 20 out of 20 on the Golf Digest hot list. I can keep going, but I'm only supposed to last one minute on all these things. Basically, it's the best driver in the world, and the, st- the numbers prove it, and the tests prove it, and the sales, I'm sure you sure prove it. It's the number one driver across all major worldwide tours in 2019, and that's about all I can say under the time frame. So without any further delay, well, first, make sure you go to CallawayGolf.com, check out the Callaway Epic Flash driver, and without any further delay, here is our part one of our podcast on Ireland. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Laying Up podcast. Uh, we are all in the same room together for still not that many times this has ever <laughs> happened, but uh, we are going to talk about our trip to Ireland for Taurus Sauce Season 4. Uh, a lot to get through on this one. Uh, good to be with everyone. Thanks for being here early, bright and early in the morning. Yeah, we're kind of doing this on Irish time a little bit. <laughs> it's, it's like noon in Ireland, basically, so that's, that's good, giving us some good vibes. But Solly, thanks for having us. Hey, what would you guys be doing in, in, at noon in Ireland right now if we were still there? What would you be eating? Uh, probably a... There wasn't like a Cullen skink, like a food of the trip really necessarily. No, it was, a lot of, it was a lot of Guinness, which I know is very cliche, but we'd probably be doing the Guinness, the line challenge, where you try to get your first sip, you try to get the white line of the Guinness between the letters and the, the harp. Probably, probably be doing Probably enjoying that. a full Irish as well. Oh, well, I think we would have been post-full Irish. We were getting up this early. This would have been toasty time. Toasty, it'd have been toasty S-E-N at this time. <laughs> and a nice bowl of soup. They did have, uh, the pervasive seafood chowder was nice. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, people are going to see the season and think that it is sponsored by Guinness. Let's just get that out of the way. <laughs> but just to say, like, we're not saying, we're saying to drink Guinness only in Ireland. Come on, yeah, we're not doing that. <laughs> exactly. But I'm saying the Guinness everywhere else sucks, so don't buy it everywhere else. That's just a hipster, only drink it in Ireland. it's a hipster take. Yeah, I don't agree with that. One. 
Really? No, it's true. Well, no, I think Guinness is fine elsewhere. <laughs> no. Oh, I agree with that, but it's not as fine as over there. It's I, not as good. Are we in the nest? I couldn't taste it. <laughs> <laughs> well, they put the two different kinds of gas in, right? Oh, yeah. We learned all about it. There's a whole thing about how it all, it's basically based on where the the pipes are located near the tab. We got to pour our own Guinness behind the bar in pull. Hinge. We got to pull our own Guinness. Well, that's okay. We were pulling fine. <laughs> Maybe that's why my bite didn't go very well. I don't know. To, you were pushing. You should have been pulling. I did, yeah, I, I, I was. That was not a high, a high point for me. But um, for those that are familiar uh, with our, I guess for those that aren't familiar with our travel series, uh, we did season one in Australia. Um, these are all live on our YouTube channel. We always do a podcast that goes along with it. Season two was in Scotland. Season three was in California. Um, and season four was in Ireland. I think we're trying to we're trying to mix up a lot of different locations around the globe, uh, a lot of different golf experiences, focusing on golf courses that are somewhat, at least somewhat ex- accessible to the general public, and uh, pr- trying to bring some imagery to some of these places that uh, hasn't quite, hopefully, maybe been covered yet. We didn't we didn't necessarily discover a ton of courses on this trip, but uh, for the people in the room that had never been to Ireland before, I kind of what was your what was your initial takeaway of everything we experienced? Tron loved it. Loved every minute of it. I was very intrigued to figure out how it stacked up to Scotland. You know, not one that I didn't want to be comparing it the whole time, but it was, uh, I think I liked the overall experience better. Neil? Well, as the only guy here that had not been to Scotland, I didn't have anything to even <laughs> compare it to. In so the, was it better in the Scotland? It, how did it, it compare was. to Brooklyn? Um, it was... <laughs> Uh, strong to quite strong. Yeah, I'd say. Sure. Um, no, at some point you hear a lot. You got to go. You got to go to Ireland. You got to go to Scotland. And at some point, you're like, can it really be that good? And I'm happy to say yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it, it really can. It is that good. It was really, 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 really fun. Randy, I'm assuming you had another soulful experience. Uh, yeah, it sucked. Uh, <laughs> this job sucks. This job sucks. No, it was it was fantastic. Of course, I greatly enjoyed it. I, it is weird. Uh, I've gotten so many questions like, "Well, Scotland or Ireland?" And I, I've decided I don't even, I, I don't care. Like, you just can't go wrong with with either. An Alfred plea. Yeah, um, they were both. They're both great in their own ways. Uh, I will say Scotland lived up to, at least in my mind going in, you think of it being a little bit more rugged, a little bit uh, grander in scale, at least like the dunes. And I think it, it definitely met those expectations. It, Ireland. Uh, Ireland. Ireland, you're saying. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah Ireland. Um, See, they're all the same to you. You, mean, you can't even distinguish <laughs> yeah. between the two. Um, and so it is different. At least the trip we took to Scotland, yeah. it it was different. Um, yeah, it was it was a great time. Shout out my guy Mike, the bus driver, who oh, we'll made made Mike. the trip extra special. <laughs> uh, Deej, you have been on a brief visit to Ireland before. Uh, brief golf visit. It was a lengthy yeah. visit, but not much golf the first time around. Um, so it was good to, yeah, good to check you know check a lot of boxes and pick up some bag tags while we were uh, <laughs> while we were over there. Um, but yeah, the first time around, we I was over there with my parents, and uh, we were kind of like internal, almost like countryside vacation type of thing. And I think that's where you really get to see just how good all the people, like literally everyone you're going to run into in Ireland, just how welcoming they are. How it all sounds like a kind of a throwaway, throwaway like cliche when you get into it. But I mean, the hospitality, the the fact that everybody's thrilled to have you there, it is it, it's 
like the most fun welcoming place you can possibly go to so to to also mix in like some of the best golf in the entire world i'd say was a positive that's a good deal on my experience <laughs> yeah i'd say that was a benefit to the second time around well similar to season three i think we learned our lesson a lot with 36 whole days and we that was we were limited to one day where we played 36 holes and even that day was like, all right, we're, we're, we're kind of ready to be done playing golf. We're getting old. I know. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's hard to do all of it in one day. It really is. Um, and I think kind of to the point also in Ireland, people always ask the difference between Ireland and Scotland. It's just different from an infrastructure perspective and the location of the golf courses. So people, you know, where do I go, Scotland or Ireland? I'm like, first of all, Scotland's like five different golf regions to yeah. begin with. So you could the, the benefit that Scotland has over it is you could park yourself in one spot, play two or three great courses probably, and then like four or five really good, not top of the list golf courses. And I think that's kind of the difference. Ireland, the, our, our, at least on our trip, a lot of the courses along the West Coast are a drive to get from course to course. They're not that close. And to my experience, it's not they don't have that depth of a second layer of golf courses that you would find necessarily in scotland and it's it's interesting so I, I i wanted to kind of look that up and kind of validate that before i said it and tom doke's confidential guide is is a is, is a very very good source it is not a t- a tell all or it's not like it's not the, the only piece yeah. yeah it's not the i didn't want to get sacrilegious there but yeah, it's not the <laughs> bible um but i was i was shocked to find this so of the top 54 courses in the british isles in his confidential guide how many would you guess are in in Ireland, not including Northern Ireland? What would you guess how many courses are in Ireland? In, the, in all the British Isles? In all the British Isles. The top 54 of the British Isles. 15? Yeah, I'd say like 10 to 12. Yeah, 10 was in my mind. Yeah. yeah. Eight? <laughs> Six. Oh. Six courses. Sheesh. How many do you think we played on this trip? <laughs> Six. Three. Really? Wow. Yeah. I guess there was yeah, there's more in the south that we've missed. It was it was it was yeah, it was kind of bizarre. I think he was a little harder on the courses that uh, on, on the west coast than I think any of us would have would have been. It's kind of shocking. Now, in his defense, a lot of changes had been made to some of these courses since he last saw them. Gotcha. Adair Manor being one of them, um, and as well as Tralee and whatnot. But it was it was I was just surprised by that. But that goes to speak one when I was counting them, uh, twenty five of them were in England. <laughs> so I think we might need to do a tourist season in England. <laughs> Uh, but like I said, it just doesn't have that same, like the top, I don't know, the top of the top and all the courses we played on the strip were fantastic. I think we would have made a couple changes maybe if we could, but we, for, for us as well, discovering these, like we don't know the answer to these. We have to see them. We have to go play them to kind of be able to speak on them. And I think we'll, we'll get to that with the very first golf course we played. Yeah. I'd even say with the, just playing 18 a day, the option then to play 27, was really nice instead of feeling like right. oh we gotta you know we're getting 36 in a day and you almost go on autopilot a little bit for you know a nine hole here nine hole there um and also one thing we didn't do which i would i think i'd like is to play one of these courses again yeah either the same day or the next day so so you're you stay at one course and then you just play it two days in a row like i, I wanted another crack at a couple of them um because the first look, I mean, it's it's oh, tough yeah. with the winds blowing, for sure. Um, so let's talk a little bit about how this trip came together. First of all, we uh, we were joined Chad Coleman, uh, our buddy from Callaway. Uh, Callaway is a is a partner on this series with us. He was uh, he was the first phone call we made, and AJ Volpel was uh, another guy from Callaway was supposed to join us on the trip, 
Turns out the uh, birth of his first child kind of lined up a little bit too close to it. He flew. He, he didn't. The, his child was not born while we were there, but going would have been a very, very, very <laughs> risky move. Some would say flying a bit too close to the sun. Um, For sure. And uh, when when that fell through, Tom Coyne, uh, Randy's spirit animal, spirit. Uh, what, what's your? What would you describe Tom Coyne as? Yeah, just uh, philosophical. Uh, life coach yeah, yeah. <laughs> intellectual brother in arms <laughs> yeah yes um, if you're somehow not familiar with Tom Coyne he's been on this podcast and please go back and check that episode out but he uh, is he's quite the celebrity around Ireland due to the fact that he uh, walked the circumference of Ireland which was hilarious to hear him tell a waitress that and how fast <laughs> that like went over her head and I was like no no I don't think you understood he literally walked the entire country and played every golf course along the coast yeah, I was going to say, I'm, I'm very flattered uh, that anybody would be listening to this podcast, but if you're prepping for a trip to go to Ireland, you should really read Tom's book before, before <laughs> yeah, you should listen to this just podcast. Put press pause now. Go, <laughs> yeah. go buy that. Go read then, Tom's book yeah. and then come back. Which yeah. we did learn on the court. There was uh, nine holes. The, the last nine, he says, they'll never build another Lynx course in Ireland just due to environmental concerns. But uh, at Carn, uh, since he had been there, they had added nine more holes. So there were nine Lynx holes in Ireland that he hadn't played. And he completed that with us on this trip. So that was pretty cool. The DJ Kilmore nine. The, the shout out to Incubus. Yeah. <laughs> uh, on this trip, we also partnered with uh, Tom Kennedy and Experience Ireland Golf. They're a golf travel company in Ireland. Uh, and I, we didn't know a whole lot about them going into it. And we sent him a dream list of courses. And he worked his magic and came back with the itinerary of a lifetime. And we were like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> this guy knows what he's doing. And uh, it was it was tremendous. He helped kind of organize everything for us. So it, that's also something we haven't done with one of these seasons. And you know, I got a ton of messages like, "Hey, who'd you guys partner with, or who did you who organized your trip?" Uh, in you know for Scotland, we were like, "Well, I mean, like, you know, the tourism board helped us with it, but like, there was no tour company." And they're like, "Oh, wow, that's <laughs> weird." I was like, "Okay, well, it's time to kind of do the tour company experience to to see what that is like and present that on camera and here." So God, what did you guys so think? Good. Of, right? <laughs> Shout out so to. Nice. Uh, Shout out to TC. I was gonna say the, the resident. Uh, well, yeah, logistics. We, we've had some great experiences using uh, uh, Tron's Dream Travel. <laughs> yeah, uh, in the past, that's been very. They've been very the hotelier. That's how to work an itinerary. He had he you know he was he was at full capacity for Ireland. He couldn't fit us in as a client, so yeah, outsourced it to to Tom Kennedy at Experience Ireland Golf. Got in. It was really nice. <laughs> it was really. <laughs> well, Tron, you got to speak to like actually putting a trip. I would like say Experience Ireland Golf. They're very. Um, like they're big enough to where they can handle any of your needs, but they're also small and scrappy and hungry enough to where they're gonna, like they're they're you're gonna feel like you're getting individual personalized experience and and service where I don't know if you're gonna get that with some of the other big tour companies. Yeah, we'd show up at courses and there were a lot of like mega buses rolling in, and it's that I'm sure is great, but being part of kind of like a Bespoke. You know, like a machine would not speak to me quite as much as like keeping it small and intimate and with We're your friends. We're a small shop. We're a small shop. So it's really exactly. nice to partner with another small that's shop. Exa- that's well said. And we kind of had the mini mega bus. Like we had a bus that was yeah. bigger than, than we needed for us as a group. But uh, but maybe kind of Randy maybe needed that a little bit. But I, we also had a driver, Mike, who uh, I, don't, I, I don't even want, I don't know where to start with that. I'm going to turn it over to Randy. Mike... Uh, God, Randy enjoyed sitting up front with Mike more than the golf. Yeah, I ended up moving up front for all our drives. Mike, I think, 
was first of all he's like one of the warmest gentlest souls um except when talking about oliver cromwell <laughs> well, listen of course the baddest you know why? cromwell's a bad dude Do you know why <laughs> so yeah uh one of the favorite things was like mike knew all the history and he used to work like as a tour guide basically yeah. a tour bus driving the tour bus you just kind of present everything that you're looking at exactly and so he's got one of those microphones in the front and he would just switch that on and he'd just go to town he would tell us about the peat and the bogs and the um you know the history of each region it was just really uh it added a lot, I think, to to the experience. It, it at least for me, it kind of helps like set you in a place and to know a little bit. Um, but then he was like, he was kind of quirky. He had some like awesome quirks about him. Uh, he some first of, the of all, he had, wit I think I've ever seen before. Yeah, he had, he had a great wit. Um, was would like just very kind of dry and sarcastic, but then always just followed up with this awesome laugh. <laughs> he was always trying to like get us to be on time <laughs> and I think part like he would always overestimate the drive by 20 to 25 minutes because there might be a tree down we can't know until we get there um did you get your passport? <laughs> he was concerned about the passports. He was concerned about the passports. Which I appreciate. Well, and, and we so needed, we need a trip with passport. It became a running joke. Yeah, Mike, I left my passport in the you know in the in the locker in the hotel. Oh, okay. Well, I guess you won't be going home. <laughs> <laughs> he wouldn't take any shit off of us. That yeah. was the best part. Um, I, I think like, I had jet lag. You know, getting home and trying to get back on the East Coast time zone. I think I woke up like every morning with. There's two hours to Kalani. <laughs> <laughs> we need to hit the road. He, you uh, see those sheep over there? <laughs> that one sheep has multiple colors on it. Echoing in That's my head. That's a promiscuous sheep. <laughs> <laughs> Which, like, having, you know, when we road trip like through Scotland, we had two different cars, and you, and all being in a van together with like an Irish voice, just like placed you there much more than like listening to Spotify and stuff drive like it's it, that made it feel way more like a local experience than when like how we treated Scotland. He was deep in the Rod Stewart seat as well. Yeah, yes, that he one was. Rod Stewart CD that we just wore out <laughs> the whole week. Every time Rod Stewart comes on the radio now. <laughs> oh no, he had a CD. He yeah. had the Rod Stewart yeah. CD. Oh, uh, you mean now you now yeah, I'm yeah, like sorry, it just, sorry. just takes yeah. me right back. Yeah. But I will say I would not want to drive. Well, that's what I was going to say. So the difference between the two trips like when I was there with my family it was like I was driving everywhere. And it was like white knuckles. Yeah, yeah, it is. And I've gotten a couple. We must have mentioned that on a pod like a couple months ago, because I've gotten or a couple weeks ago, because I've gotten messages from people about like, hey, heard you mention like the driving. Like I'm going soon. Is it like is it that bad? Should I like not get a car? And it's like it's not that bad. But if you are going with a big group and you can swing the idea of having a driver and not having to drive, like it will make your life a lot less hectic. It's not like a necessary need to have, but it's very nice to have. It, it let, I think, all of us decompress a little bit, too. Yeah, for so sure. So you can get on the bus and just, you know, go comatose for a little while, which yeah. is awesome to which, be able to kick it back like that. It's So definitely don't want to tell people how to spend your money on a golf trip, but it's not cheap to, like, fly to Ireland and play a lot of golf and stay in hotels and stuff. If you want to get the most out of it, spending the money also on the driver to take you around is I, I can't. I can't put a price on the value of that. Well, I, I think say. it's more. That's more affordable. That that element of the trip was more affordable than most. Like than I would have 
ever imagined it to be. Um, and I think the other thing, like we've all driven on the left side of the road in Scotland and England and Australia variously. And, and I think in Ireland, the roads are just so much more narrow and so much more like, yeah. like you think that, you know, if, if it says it's going to take an hour to get somewhere, you typically in your head, you're like, all right, it's going to take 45 minutes. Gonna, no, it's, it's going to probably take you more than an hour. <laughs> right. Or if you're Mike, it's going to take an hour, 45. Yeah. So, and then, well, I read in, in uh, Coin's book, and I didn't get a sense of this, but it sounds like people in Ireland like to speed. They like to go fast. Yeah. Um, which is also, you know, you don't want someone pressing on you. You kind of don't know, like, the etiquette of the roads and stuff. And it just was nice to, like, hey, listen, this guy's got us. Yeah. And we are we – are, Good and he go. definitely did. Which Mike took us on roads, I think, that were the bigger roads. Like, I remember when, dry, when my, I was there with my dad, when we drove, like, the Google Maps routes. Like, it took you on, like, one-lane roads, and there's it's two-way yeah. traffic. Solid. Yeah. No no product placement. <laughs> no yeah, free, we're not, no we're not free doing ads. that. <laughs> what that product place? The one-lane roads? No, Big tech. Google Uncle Larry Maps. and Uncle Sergey. They, oh, sorry. They, yeah, sorry. You know, they're not really I used You have to give equal time to Waze and yes. Apple Maps. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Waze is owned by Google, then. So, is it? Yeah, God, everything's yeah. owned by Google. You guys are scumbags, you know. <laughs> Listen, we'll take that offline. <laughs> uh, but like, so yeah, it, it. If you look at a map and say, "Oh, we could drive that. We can do that," just know that you are getting yourself into something. It gets a challenge. It's not. I mean, people do it every single day. It's not like life threatening. I wouldn't say, but just know that it's stressful. And it is. You feel some, like you're playing one giant game of chicken. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty exactly. much what it's like. When my dad was driving. Uh, he lasted 45 minutes before I pulled. I was like, "Pull over! I'm taking over." Because like, <laughs> he was, he did not know where the left side of his car was, and he was like hugging the left side. And at one point, he went, drove by a parked car, and he went under. Like he would have hit the mirror if they were the same height, but he went under the <laughs> mirror. And I was like, "That's it! No, I'm doing this! I'm doing this!" There's a lot of like stone walls on the left side yes. as well that you're, as a passenger, is is pretty. So yeah, pretty but it's uh, it's a cliche, but Ireland is so green. Yes. Yeah. And we had a chance to actually see that. Yeah. Because you're seeing true. this bus just going through all this diff- these different landscapes, um, and I doubt it, it would feel the same if you're driving or one of your friends is driving. And you're just because I think even being a passenger is probably even tougher than driving because you're so spooked of like, does he did he see that? Does he see this? For sure. Does he does he know how close he was there? <laughs> and with Mike, we're just like, oh, he's got it. Come yeah. on, he's yeah. done this a long time. <laughs> uh, so I think again, like that, I think is the main advantage that Scotland has over Ireland. Um, but again, I mean, the the golf course, Scott, and we're gonna we're gonna get to that. Uh, for the itinerary, we wanted to mix a lot of different experiences. Obviously, we wanted to play a lot of links golf. Um, it wasn't necessarily that we were setting out to play all of the best courses in Ireland. It, like we said, it's kind of tough getting around there. People were asking why we didn't go to Northern Ireland, why we didn't go to Old Head. I don't want to hear that one ever again, if we can, please. Uh, why we didn't play any courses out east. Like We can only be there for a finite period of time, and we set out with a great itinerary, and I don't want to hear from my itinerary guy on this one. I was going to say, day. if you want to really trigger Solly, anytime he tweets about travel, just just respond with no this course question mark, no Old Head. No old head? Well, and, it, and it's yeah, you you want to dig in enough on the no on rush. the region that you're going to where you get no Dublin the full spectrum of places. Yes, um, but yeah, I think Northern Ireland that'll be its A own trip, trip. Yeah. and then Old Head will not be its own yeah. trip. <laughs> Uh, which again, we haven't. None of us have played it. Stop asking us about it. Didn't fit the itinerary. I'm sure the views are incredible. Everyone I've ever talked to says the, the views are incredible. It's not the best golf experience, but it's like a great place to spend your day by the sea above on the cliffs. Yeah, but, I want to go there and not play golf. Yeah, <laughs> and they are not. And it's not that we're setting out to like 
you know, help the businesses necessarily of all these courses, but they are flush with American visitors paying lots of money to play it. So they're doing quite fine. But anyways, wanted to play obviously a lot of Lynx golf, um, but we also went to see Adair Manor, which I think we kind of said was like the Augusta of Ireland, which is definitely not a Lynx course. Uh, so we wanted variety. You know, we wanted kind of different styles of Lynx courses through dunes, flatter courses, and we got got a lot of that. So um, The Augusta in the, the conditioning. Correct. The conditioning, And the yellow yes. pin flags. Yeah. I think the similarities would stop there. It's not private. It's not correct. You That's, know, any, any of that stuff. And we'll get to we'll get yeah. to all that. But yeah, it was absolutely wild. Wanted to get out about in the towns a little bit more than we have in the past, just because we've overscheduled ourselves with thirty six whole days, which we definitely did do that. Plus, that's something with Scotland that, like, everything closes down at nine o'clock. Yeah, except true. for in St Andrews, like you it, you can't get a meal after nine. It's even tough. The beer there's like they have tenants and they have Guinness on tap in some places, but you know it's like a pain in the ass to get a drink after a certain point. Whereas in, in Ireland, they're like you're. It was not an issue. You're kind of yeah. You're kind of fighting them off. To, <laughs> Yo, I do not want to have any more. Well, we had yeah, we had some experiences in that regard. Our full itinerary. We went. We started our the day we landed. We flew over. We hit up the Duel and Pitch and Putt. Uh, we're going to let Neil talk about that here in a second. We visited uh, Dunebag, Lahinch, Adair Manor, Ballybunion, Waterville, Dukes, Tralee, Carn, County Sligo, and Enniscrone. Go ahead, itinerary guy who's listening. I'm just going to give you a second to just yell at the speaker. No, like, uh, no Port Marnock? No. <laughs> no Dublin? <laughs> um, all right. Well, let's, we're well, going to break Before we go to, we, we flew into Shannon. We did fly into Shannon. Which... I, uh, it was almost too. Awesome. It was almost too short of a flight. Yeah. <laughs> it's like five hours and fifteen minutes, I think. It, from it's Boston. crazy, Chad. Uh, it's hashtag Chad. If you've seen him on, on Mr. Tag, Mr. Tag. Uh, he had a flight from Shannon when we were returning home. Shannon to Boston, Boston to San Diego, and his flight from Boston to San Diego was longer than the flight from Shannon to Boston. So, which he was very surprised at when he yeah, discovered that. Which, like, Wait yeah, a second. I thought we were home. Might sound like fairly obvious, but. Yeah, if you're if you're near the East Coast, I mean, Ireland and Scotland are Close. very accessible. <laughs> it was a lot easier for us to get to Shannon than say, Bandon. Oh yeah, from Jacksonville. Totally. Yeah. All right, so let's let's go. Uh, let's dive into the golf courses. Uh, rolling off the plane, I think we just kind of wanted something to do. We had an afternoon tea time at Dunebag, uh, had some time to kill, and was doing just some searching along the coast and uh, saw the Doolin Pitch and Putt. Which I think really put a sparkle in Neil's eye. It sure did. <laughs> uh, well, first off, Mr. Tag and I were on the same flight out of JFK, and uh, we were having a couple cold beers, and we almost missed the flight, which was, I think I was a bad influence on Mr. Tag. Sorry, Tag. Uh, anyway, we came off the plane, and, and you know, any red eye, you're kind of groggy and sore. The And as many folks probably know, my goal in life is to become the first raider of pitch and putts. Um, <laughs> So I love them. I think they're awesome for the game of golf, and I think it was the perfect way to warm up before uh, playing our first real round. Um, you take a wedge out there. Every hole is under, I'd say, 60 yards, maybe 80 yards. You'll get, like, one that's about 80 yards. And You this, were deep in the conversion game as well, between yes, meters to yards. Yes. That was really helpful um, for everybody. And my associate, Mr. Solly, <laughs> Captain Solly, um, has, he taught me a trick, which I'll let him share so I don't mess it up. Um, Just You take the first... If it's over 100 meters, the first two numbers of the number, so let's say it's 110 meters, just add the first two numbers to that total. So it makes it 110, first two numbers are 11, 
It's 121 yards. Yes. Which is for the pigeon putt was really fun because it was like 53 meters. Okay. Neil, what Can is you that do it, Neil? It's, yeah, it's got to be about 60, 58, 60. Um, Neil but, went to Columbia, but he was not a math. No, I wasn't. I, it, Columbia College. It's a liberal arts education. Core curriculum. Anyway, the greens are about the size of, a, I'd say, a queen bed. Right? And yeah. and you just, it's just. Comically small. Yeah. About the same just, speed and, as well. Yeah. And you just, it's all about just, you know, hit the green and, and uh, but it's great for, you know, getting that wedge game dialed. Um, and then this specific pitch and putt, we rolled up. There was nobody. There's nobody there. We just like parked in the parking lot, and went, walked right out onto this. I think there was an honor box. Yeah, like, an honor, uh, and, oh, and we just. God, I love an honesty. Yeah. You know, it's like okay, there, there's number. There's the sign for for one, and then o- over in the background, the backdrop was the cliffs of Moore. So it was like, you know, we didn't even have to um, really go. We ended up stopping there for ten minutes, but on the way out of uh, Doolin. But it's I'm an unbelievable backdrop. So you can find two of my favorite things, vistas and pitch and putts. <laughs> Listen, it's it's uh, it was something special. You need a scale for rating your pitch and putts. What's like yeah. what's the scale gonna be? I know. I'm I don't know if I'm ready to share that yet. It's um, proprietary. But my sea level is the flushing meadow pitch and putt, and this was better. <laughs> <laughs> Good vistas so, out there. But what you, I mean, vistas. what'd you guys think? You guys enjoy the pitch and putt vibe? I, yeah, it's cool. Sure. It was really cool. It was perfect way to start it. It wasn't I always I always get nervous about uh, like suggesting places on the podcast is like putting them in a in a relative, you know. Play. If you are near there, like it's a cool place to go check if out. If you're gonna go see the Cliffs of Moore, yeah. it's yeah. like ten more minutes yeah. up the road. If, if you, if you want to go play an eight, putt, yeah, there's another one that looks we sweet. passed right by La Hinch that looked yeah great too. I mean, there's there's that like I think that's the beauty of Ireland too. There's hundreds of these around. Yeah, the yeah country. and you can just roll up to them pretty yeah. much, and 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 that that vibe alone where you're not like. I got to be on time. I have to. If you have some time to kill, where you got off a, a flight, and you didn't want to push it too too quick in the morning off a red eye. It's an awesome way to stretch your legs. We, you know, it's a, probably took an hour, hour and a, hour and a half max. I mean, we Which had, there was like seven of us. There's seven of us, yeah. right? And That's and then you can play little skins games out there. It was it was a ton of fun to start the trip. Yeah, I think to your point, it's like it's not the kind of place you'd even need to schedule out or anything. But yeah, if you're going to Cliffs of Moore, or, yeah, and you have an extra hour before lunch or after lunch, or you want to bring two clubs or three clubs, it's I mean, it's don't so reroute fun. your trip around. <laughs> around as pitch pitch pitch. But as Randy says, I mean, the the sea breeze is it's, it has medicinal benefits. It's medicinal. Yeah. For sure. So it, it, I think it got us in the Irish spirit immediately. Well said. Um, with the, uh, um, it, you know, it was pretty breezy out there, and uh, it was very green. I'm going to say pigeon putts are, make me physically uncomfortable. <laughs> I think you should spend some more time there. You need to embrace that discomfort. Yeah, you do. That's well, where learning happens, on that. the edge of uncomfortable. Um, all right, let's go slide over to Dunebeg, our first round. Um, I'm going to toss it around to different people here to talk about the golf courses uh, I want to say it's built by Greg Norman in 2002. It's gone through several uh, softenings from everything we've heard. He uh, he screwed it up pretty bad and made it way too hard. Uh, the resort was also purchased by one Donald J. Trump in 2014. Uh, and actually on the website, it's described as a Martin Hawtrey redesign instead of a Greg Norman design, which I thought was very interesting. But uh, let's uh, hand it over to Tron here to start us off. Tell us a little bit about Doombag. So it was actually developed by the guys who did Kiowa Island in South Carolina, a group of American guys. Um, the setting on the like the clubhouse, we had lunch there beforehand. Um, I think Brian Shaw was the was the pro. Could not have been more hospitable. Uh, but the setting, kind of in the bar room, looking out over 
it was incredible. Uh, I think it was probably what you would imagine if Mike Kaiser would have built the clubhouse at, at Bandon Dunes on the ocean. That's what it would have looked like. Yeah, that's, what, um, that's well said. But yeah, man, Greg Norman, he fucked up that piece of property. <laughs> <laughs> like it, like, so I think I'm really glad we played it because it gave A, you know, it's, it adds texture and kind of relative, uh, you know, stuff to the trip. But it's also, it's like, man, it's such a good piece of land. And there's some really, really good holes out there. And I think the best ones you do feel like you're at, you're at Bandon or Ballybunion or wherever. But the other ones you're like, God, like this doesn't make any sense. And I guess, and it feels like it doesn't have a soul because it, because it's been softened so many times and there's been so many hands on it. And we play with Ken Carney, who's also, uh, he's a, he's a golf course architect, um, Irishman. He's, uh, he's a really, really, really good amateur player too. So he's won the West of Ireland, uh, amateur championship a couple times and just walking around with him seeing, you know, he said, Hey, this is, this is one of kind of Hotchery's signature green designs or whatnot. And I felt like we were playing the same four or five holes kind of on repeat. All well, day. not even that. I, so I've played the Trump course in, uh, in Aberdeen and just to that, when you say you're playing the same four or five holes, it's repeated over there on the other island because it's the same exact golf course. Like I was stunned at the similarities between them. I felt like, honestly, felt like he had seen Dunebag and said, "Okay, I want this in in Scotland, and this is what we're going to build. And this is what it is." So that's that's the exact reaction I had to it. But uh, all right, anyone else on on Dunebag? Do we want to address the elephant in the room first? The lunch. The lunch. I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> uh, the yeah. So. The Trump ownership thing is is something that's really interesting. There's no mistaking who owns the property once you drive through the gates. Uh, I think it was news to I, someone. Well, yeah. Room. So I, I looked at the itinerary. <laughs> I didn't do a lot of planning for the trip, and I on all our sheets it was just Doombag, Doombag. Every everything said Doombag, and then we pulled Maybe up. The town is Doombag, and it was you know the flowers in giant letters say Trump, and I was like, oh, <laughs> oh. oh. It's the, it's the it's same, same guy. guy? <laughs> the great the Bambino. Bambino. <laughs> uh, even though, even like everything, when I say everything said Trump, it was like the Wi-Fi was like Trump.Wi-Fi.com. <laughs> yeah. Like it was Trump like really, <laughs> yeah. like you know, and that's a whole other conversation of like really. But um, yeah, I, I I don't think that personally, you know, and that, that this kind of said like yeah, I didn't really even I didn't even realize it until we got there, um, and then yeah, it kind of. It, it immediately clouds my thinking like, oh, well, okay, I mean, all right. So it's just like that's kind of the, the – It's hard yang. to get it out of your mind. Yeah, yeah, when you plaster your name all yeah. over everything and then that name is, you know, a absolute lightning rod, it's going to affect like the way I saw it or the way, you know, it's probably perceived by anybody that watches the episode, right? So like so you said, we, we're not – Wherever you fall on politically, we're not, there's no changing your mind on that, right? Well, I, I want to again. We have to broach this carefully, but I think like the worst thing you can do is is the every every like review of anything Trump related always starts with this isn't about politics. Like, <laughs> I don't want I don't want to get political and like almost. But it was like almost immediately when people found out we were there, we're like I can't believe you guys are promoting a Trump property, blah blah blah. And I will say like if you're that principled in your beliefs and you would never play a Trump course because he, you know, that's who owns the golf course. Like that is quite clearly you're right. I commend you for that. And I'm, I'm not going to try to change your mind that you shouldn't be that principled. 
Um, for us, we wanted to play this golf course because a lot of people do visit this course and are planning trips and want to know what the golf course is like. I'm on top 100 golf courses right now and it's like the six it's rated the sixth best course in ireland like yeah we, we weren't gonna just it, it would is we weren't we're not in the business to make the political statement of steering clear of it because of who owns it or because we're afraid of the controversy or anything like that and i think but to your point neil i think we can objectively say that what we think of the golf course honestly has nothing to do with who actually owns the golf course well the ironic part they put they had to put a seawall up because it's global warming <laughs> <laughs> climate change climate change or whatever but uh something interesting i thought the accommodations were ex- <laughs> extremely tasteful and i think that's because he bought the property he bought the property 12 years after it was initially developed so the like the little manor house and, and the cottages it's all really tasteful and then they built the golf course like around this one little house uh, on the property, which is yeah, sick. so I'm sure that'll shine through in the episode. But uh, it's I want to like kind of level set everything here. Uh, one like it was on one hand, it was probably you know I guess like my least favorite course that we played on the trip. On the other hand, it's you know one of the fifty coolest courses like I've ever played. Yeah, it's, <laughs> you know, it's, it's like it's a top twenty course I've ever played. Absolutely <laughs> not. So even like close. let's let's keep it all in perspective yeah. here. And like uh, you know, I don't want to come across as snobs or anything like that. Like if you love really nice accommodations and really good food and crazy good views, like this is probably a place you're gonna really, really like. And like I, I think we all Loved it for that reason, right? It, it, you are seaside playing golf in Ireland. And yeah. For that, it's big like, waves. You it, you have to you have to do really really bad to make me have a bad time doing that, and it was not at that level for sure. Like I had a good time. Yeah, and I think that you know to your point on kind of building the building the dune around the house. So there was one basically when you build a place like this, you know the all the farmers kind of have to get together into a collective and sell the land to the developer, and they got to figure all this stuff out and. So we started to hear these stories about, like, yeah, there was one holdout, uh, this this one family, like, they just would not sell their house. And so all of us were kind of, like, sick. Like, that's, yeah, yeah. That's There's awesome. got to be a story. Yeah, there. so me and Neil went and knocked on their door, tried, because <laughs> we're, like, the man. Content boys. Yeah, because we're walking up, and we're, like, man, this is crazy. Like, they built this big dune around this house. Like, they blocked their whole view. This is, like, this is bullshit what they're doing to these people, trying to drive them off the land. Yeah. And we've got, got this whole story built up, and, we talk we'll let the surfers to the beach. Yeah, it was the it was like the the maybe the nicest lady we've ever met opens the door, invites us in. We've got our camera up. You know, you'll see her in the episode, but she's telling us the whole story. And she's like, "Oh no no no! Like, yeah, we didn't sell the land, but like, yeah, I mean, like my grandparents like grew up in this house. Like, I'm, yeah, we just we're not leaving. I asked and, like, them to build the dune. Yeah, she's I, like, I was sick it, of the golf balls hitting my house. Yeah, we're like, what's the deal with that? She's like, yeah, no, I asked them to put that up. They were super helpful. It's like it's great. And, and so when you really start thinking about like the human kind of impact of a place like this, like without Trump coming in, the Trump corporation, whatever that, whatever they're called coming in and like buying the course and injecting money into it. Like this course was not in a good way basically before, before that happened. And so it's very, very plausible that like this place just shuts down. And while, you know, that might not be the greatest tragedy in the history of golf, for the people around, like there's not much else going on it's other a few hundred jobs. other than working at the resort. Yeah, it's a few hundred jobs. I mean, it's like it's it's most of the the economic driver. If you know if the vast most of the economic driver in 
this like t- little tiny town of Dunebeg. And so talking to her, I thought was like super eye opening just to, to really get a sense of like, okay, you can, you can boycott it and you can do all these things. And like, I totally support that. I, I totally get it, but there's a little bit more to it than just black. Yeah, and it's white. not all bad, all good. Yeah. Like there, it's, it, there's a gray area and it's nice to not just make that up in your head. Yeah. Which I think we were all beginning to do. And then you, you let someone speak for themselves, and it's like, uh, you know what? I had that wrong. Yeah. So Well, it's important to note, too, I think, that – and I don't know much about the development of Doombag when it was done, you know, by when, when Norman built it in 2002 or how they got the land and all the envi- – because there are envi- environmental concerns with this kind of piece of property. These, there's endangered snails or snails, protected right? snails. Yeah. So they had to route the course kind of funky through this land. Which, which didn't seem that endangered to me, by the way. Well, they were <laughs> well, we were there. Yeah. They were <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> Um, but this, the, the develop like this, the Trump relationship with Dunebeg is very different from what I understand than what happened in Scotland, which was like a huge environmental concerns, people fighting against it, fighting against it, and basically, the the local people there will tell you that he bullied his way into getting to build this course on a place. And you know, there's I think there's a golf.com report or maybe a Golf Week report that said, you know. Trump is on. Was quoted as saying, "Like, oh, we we told them we were going to protect these dunes, and we're bulldozing them right now." And so that the way the people in Aberdeen feel about that golf course, at least from again, I have not talked to every person in Aberdeen, but the sense I get is a sense of resentment around it. Whereas that is not the vibe we got, at least in Dunebeg on the west coast. I think some of that's probably ascribed to the fact that he didn't actually build this exactly course. so I, the, the, but i'm saying that just yeah. the, the vibe around it you know you hear about like a trump course international course you would think that everyone is up in arms about it but that was not the case no. in western ireland it is the case that i got that i understood in the eastern scotland as far as specific so the greens were i thought the greens were a little like oh they slow were and they, shaggy. this was the first and it was late april yeah. like they were probably like five days away maybe from coming out of winter condition it and was like clearly not ready so the f- Everybody raved about the first hole there. I did like the first hole. It was like Straight away, one of the par best, five. Like, opening holes in all of Ireland. I thought it was okay. <laughs> Straight no, away, but, that, but the, the, it was framed by a, a massive dune in the background, and it's a kind of a handshake par five. It was I like thought the, it was a really strong hole. It felt like the, the, trip. the plastic version of number 10 at Karn. Yeah. We'll Which, get there. And then I thought... Um, 14 was like the, the signature hole. They had to totally rebuild that due to a storm taking out a bunch of the coastline. Uh, Randy almost had a hole in one there. Yeah. On 14. I, I did. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which, and then I thought 18 was awesome. Which, yeah, if it felt like, though, the course, the vibe I got was like they went really hard for postcard holes more than they did like really fun, interesting holes. I said this to, to Toronto, I think, when we were there, but. Um, and for listeners in California, it reminded me a ton of Half Moon Bay, um, which is a Ritz-Carlton, where it was the only course I played that, um, maybe because of how old it was, like not not that old, that felt like it was trying to be a Lynx course and wasn't a Lynx course. Because it just felt like it was, um, oh, this is what a Lynx course, this mm-hmm. is how you, this is what it should look like. You know what I mean? But it's like, well, why don't you just build the Lynx course, <laughs> you know, instead of like the postcard holes is a great example and like, oh, you know, we'll get the, we'll frame the the castle in the background, and this will be perfect for pictures. So, in almost like a modern day like Instagram. Yeah, and that's dude, <laughs> setting, that's a huge, you know, that's a huge part of the yes. golf world, you know. And like again, like I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably pretty deep in, you know, into knowing what what you like and what you don't. But 
there's a lot of golfers that are like, dude, we're on the ocean. Look at how good this golf course is. Yes. And that's fine. I and mean, I felt that way when I was yeah. on the ocean at the dune bag holes. First round of the trip, I was like, this is unbelievable. And some of the strongest holes of the whole trip were, were there. Like the the, the par, is it par four or par five up the hill to the right. Like that was an yeah, that insanely was awesome. good hole. Um, I think four or five was a short par four. That was a really good hole. Like there's, I think the, I think the highs there were, were, exceptional and some of the best holes we played but they just it just didn't flow it was almost frustrating because it was like the the highs were what was the number the one i kept raving about was it 13 um with the big we put so they had one hole that was down oh, the right, sixth right, holes right. which throws off all of our numbers well, so that's a, why was, we're especially it was a par four that basically was all shielded by this dune on the right and you had to like if you if you hit it on the, the fairways if that fairway was really wide it was like if you get on the right side though like you're going to be completely blocked it's going to be totally it was just such a like cool strategic hole and such an awesome like natural way to use the dunes and i think like Sally and i were playing together and we both got there and we're kind of like dude like where was this where has this been like this, <laughs> and that's where it's like man when they hit it it was almost like you could kind of see and that's where i think any criticism comes from is like when when you hit a hole like that it's like right. man like this is what it like could have been well bringing all this together what tron said about it not having a ton of soul and what uh carney said about it like there's the repetitiveness it's like the greens sit beautifully underneath the dunes as if you want to stand there and take a picture of it yes and it isn't necessarily like fun a fun like there's not a ton of intrigue to it like but this is an unfair advantage that newer courses I don't want to say unfair advantage. Like it's just something like a, a newer course is going to have more scrutiny over like what they've done with it than like a soup like an older course is but going to have. I think if you look like if you go back to our Scotland stuff and you look like we felt kind of the same way going into Castle Stewart a little bit where it's like ah you know every other course we played on this trip was built in right. 1886 and like what did Gil Hans do in you know 2007 or whenever this course opened and then you get done with. With Castle Stewart, you're like, holy shit, that was good. That was like, that was so, so awesome. I, I think one thing to keep in mind is that we were, this was, again, we hadn't slept in 24 hours. <laughs> That's, true. That's true. So we were fatigued. We were a little chippy. We were cranky. Yeah, we were cranky. Um, coming, coming around, at least for coming down the, the back nine, I was like really tired. And I was like, God, I'm, this is like taking, you know, I'm, I, and it's hilly and it, I was, I was struggling a little bit. So I think that clouds a little bit of, of of my opinion of it as well. Yeah, so that's and that might not be fair. It, I would love to go back. I think it speaks for all these courses, but like I would love to go back and play it again just to see how yeah different the experience would be. I don't. I will say I don't think it's not a good course to play off the plane. Correct? Yes, because it was the especially the first couple. Holes, I mean, it was tough. And the wind was blowing pretty good yeah. that day too. More so than the conditions were really tough. <laughs> the greens felt oddly disconnected from the surrounding landscape. Like they for just. Sure put a green there and it didn't really interact with the dune or what it was like at the base of the dune or in front of the dune but didn't really interact with it and also i think there were a few holes out there that i was like visibly furious after playing <laughs> i was like this is bullshit this this doesn't use the hazard right at all you know kind of thing so anyway randy, randy what, what do you think about dune bag it was uh for, for what it was which is being by the ocean um it was it was fine i i Solly, I think your your take was most closely similar to mine. Where it was it was fine. Did I enjoy myself? Yeah, it was a nice walk. But it it uh, when I look back and reflect on our trip, it, it's you know it's tough to stand out with some of the other experiences that we had. Which again, I think it's it's worth pointing out. And maybe it just go it goes without saying that our snobbery comes from we're, we're like extremely fortunate enough that we've gotten to see a lot of really cool golf courses. Yeah. And so it's like we're it. 
where we're ranking that kind of in that spectrum, it might be a different experience. And going to the, speaking to that, Chad had never played golf in Ireland. He played some in Scotland. He got there. You know, we were all kind of saying a couple maybe iffy things about the course. And he was like, dude, that was like one of the coolest golf experiences I've ever had. And I got a little bit cocky, kind of told him, like, oh, just wait. Like, for this trip, like, just wait. And then after Lahinch the next day, he's like, okay, I see what you're saying. Like, he didn't have the, the kind of the, that full perspective yet of what really, uh, like, a really, really special Irish experience was like. And that's what we got the next day at Lahinch. So let's move on to that one. Um, Lahinch is an old Tom Morris original layout. And in 26, uh, one Alistair McKenzie, sorry, Dr. Alistair McKenzie rerouted. Much of the course, um, over time, a lot of McKenzie's greens have been lost. And it is, I mean, it is ranked up probably one of the top 20 golf courses in the world of any list you'll ever see. Um, one of the top two, three courses in Ireland. And it's actually hosting the Irish Open this summer, which is going to be awesome to watch these guys play this course. Uh, DJ, this is a course that I think kind of spoke to your soul uh, in many different ways. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your experience there? Yeah, so this was, you know, on my first trip uh, that I keep talking about, that was, I only played one round of golf and it was here. So that was kind of like my picture of uh, Irish golf. I'm like, oh, yeah, they're all like that. It's great. Like, you guys really need to get over there. Uh, but yeah, coming back through it the second time was even better. Um, just kind of knowing a little bit more about what to look for and everything i mean if it almost as much as it can in ireland i mean ireland and scotland are two very different places like we mentioned but i mean to me it almost feels like going to it's it's a, a feeling akin to going to like the old course i think for me and a lot of that has to obviously do with the history and, and stuff but it's just it's quirk that you don't see anywhere else it's quirk that you know we, we say this all the time but if it got built today I, i'm not sure i would i would love it as much as i do now which is kind of a uh, they put a dune in the middle of a fairway. Yeah, which is kind of an existential uh, problem, I guess. But it's like I just don't know how you can have more fun playing golf than you can at Lynch. It's I'm sure we'll get into specific holes and stuff, but I think for me, it's like if I was going to go to you know if somebody said you can go play one more round of golf, I mean it's it's in the top three places. I think you know right up there with with the ones you would think. It's up there with Old Course and North Berwick and, mm. and those kinds of places. So I, I thought it was – I have nothing but glowing, glowing things to say. And I'm going to keep repeating all of those glowing compliments <laughs> until someone else cuts me off. What did you think of LaHinch? LaHinch was kind of the true welcome to Irish golf. I think for me, um, you know, we got a good night's sleep. Um, great showers, great beds. And the big guy uh, needs a good night's yeah. sleep. Yeah. At uh, Trump Team Bay, Dude, which was yeah. Nice. yeah, the lodging was awesome there. Yeah. Um, La Hinch, well, the surf school is, <laughs> uh, what, right off the third hole, yeah. I think, uh, there's this little surf school, which immediately kind of puts you in, in a certain mood, and then, yeah, the funkiness of the course is something I, I really, really enjoyed, um, just different ways to approach you know approach the hole and and really use the sloping and um it, it was a much truer links experience than i think Doombeg was um i i had a great time it, it was a fantastic walk I, I think a number of exceptional golf holes out there fullest recommendation from randy <laughs> i think uh i think solly and i were playing together and he said something to me on the front nine where it was like the uh, number five the clon four the klondike mm-hmm 
and it's like you you just said right right now like they put a dune there it's like it's the opposite there was a dune <laughs> yeah. there and they didn't have heavy machinery to move it yeah. so it's like well we're we'll just go gonna have to go over, over it you know <laughs> and when you think about it that way like that's awesome yeah you know that's that's goal cool. so and so that that is why if you build a modern course today like that it's like no you can move it now yeah um so you can't i guess you can't uh, get the leeway well, there that. is something. Well, let, let's place this for people that may not be familiar with the scene. But the fourth hole is a par five that you tee off. Your back is kind of towards the ocean, and you tee off, you know, back towards the road, back into town. And it's a shorter par five, but then you get there, and there is a dune in the middle of the fairway, and there's literally a guy that stands at the top of the dune with flags and directs traffic because the green is on the other side of the dune. It's kind of far away from the dune, but also like the 18th fairway runs across that. So you literally cross over the 18th hole and he's got to give you the signal of when it's safe to hit, um, which I was reading about this. I think I probably should have done more research on it, but it actually, the, either the hole, the, the dune probably wasn't added, I don't think, but the hole was not originally like that. There was somebody that came in, one of the many rounds of revisions that's been done to the course, somebody rerouted a hole over that dune. So that actually wasn't original to the course, which I found actually pretty interesting. Uh, the merch star regrets here. The, ne- <laughs> <laughs> the next hole is the Dell Par 3, which you, we, we've, we've, you, know, you hear people refer to a lot, was truly the most blind of a Par 3. It's a massive dune. And we got the best pin probably back left pin tucked in the back and you just hit over this white stone and trust that it's going to go 150 yards. And that's the most fun hole I've ever played. It was so cool, which I thought would be really dumb. And I I think it's kind of, you know, getting, you know, a lot of people get, you know, kind of turn their nose or turn their head away at like golf course architecture talk. But like, if that's the kind of hole that if you don't, have an appreciation for this kind of thing, you probably you're gonna have a bad time. Yeah. Oh, but like, totally. Knowing the history and no and kind of embracing the element of blind shots and just saying like, dude, get don't be butthurt about this. Like, get over it and just hit the shot. Like, people have been hitting this shot for hundreds, like a hundred <laughs> years. Like, it, it's not about you hitting this shot that's blind or needing it right in front of you. Go hit it and experience it. This is why you take the trip to go hit shots like that. That's really well said. I never really thought about it like that, but Lynx golf, so much of it is. Uh, not to sound too philosophical, but I mean, it's like, it, it's almost like a practice in just like checking your ego and, and starting to think about it like that, where it's like, okay, cool. Like what's important here is like what the course is asking of me, not like what I'm expecting to see from the course. Right. Ooh, I, I like think, that. I think so much in America, it's like, this is bullshit. Like I should be able to do this. It's like, yeah. fuck you, man. <laughs> like, no, you Gotta like embrace the rub of the green. Yeah. Like yeah. if, if the golf course is manufactured, like that's the way it feels. If the golf course is found in nature, then it's like, no, like this is what the land is demanding of you. Like you don't have any say in this. Like, you can, you can choose what shot you want to hit, but like you don't have any power here. If you embrace <laughs> that too, with the Dell, for instance, it's, it's like, um, there's an element of suspense. Like, oh. Man, I hit that one really good. I legitimately like, like I, I don't know, I don't know. I, and then I there's like with, ten minutes before yeah. you walk up there. Like, I how good is it? And then I, I, of course I I hit it long left. I what? Didn't, <laughs> I didn't even say I don't know. I like Randy, I played with Randy and Tron and all of us on the tee. Those two are both like, hey man, congrats on the ace. Like yeah, that's that's, <laughs> that's so cool. Like I, that's for sure in like I, I'm positive that's it. We had Huey, our caddy, which, who's been there for like what did he say? Fifty-seven this years. This is his fifty-seventh year caddying. He started when he was seven. Fifty-seventh and final year caddying. <laughs> yeah, and even he, like seven. he, he never. He was the most flatlined guy ever, and even he was like, 
That was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, I was with you. I was about 15 yards over the green. Grass. Not to go back real quick, but I just pulled up Google Earth. Maybe the, one of the weirdest parts about uh, the Klondike also is that the landing zone where you actually are supposed to hit your drive is like 18 yards wide. It's so <laughs> narrow. It's so narrow, but it's got these huge kind of like half pipe dunes that just kick the ball back in the fairway. And then you're standing there. There's a, a little guy in a shed that hangs out all day and gives you a flag when it's when it's free and clear to hit. That's it's the best. I, that was I might have been my best shot of the trip. The uh, I hit a five iron in there from just over 200, and he, you know, he was kind of like I got like a nod of approval, <laughs> which felt like everything, but like just the biggest medal of my life. I was like, really that good? Yeah, thumbs up. <laughs> like one and two are kind of whatever they get you out. Three's great. Four and five are obviously all world. And then you get to six, and it takes you back out to the coastline. Oh. And that green on six, and then seven, eight. That stretch from three to eight. I know, Tron, we're going to let you have a whole period of time for the ninth hole. Yeah, for the ninth <laughs> hole. Okay. Can't wait to talk uh, about the ninth. But we, so we did a composite course, a composite course um, for the whole trip. And we're not going to go through all that right now. But the four, five, and six at La Hinch, all one, like the best fourth hole, best fifth hole, best sixth hole. That stretch – was maybe three of the best holes we played on the whole trip, and I just I've, I was amazed at that that three hole and six is not the maybe the least famous of those three holes, and that's probably my favorite golf hole in Ireland. I think that's so that good. Yeah, the you basically well, so set it up so you're you're hitting. I don't know what you hit. I hit like five wood off the tee. It's like an iron that, that, that there's three holes on that front nine at La Hinch that are. This isn't a driver. That's not the question we're asking. It's it's there's a lot of land movement at a certain point in this fairway, so you probably don't want to hit it 270 yards. Which when it's like firm on on firm turf, that means not hitting a driver. So hit it somewhere in this area, and you're gonna. The, this is about the approach shot. Uh, there's a lot of strategy into where you hit the, the tee shot still. And then it, so it's just you're in play a lot easier and you have a nice approach to really beautiful green sites. And this one dog legs to the left and you turn the corner around the dune and it just sits there. It's almost like an elevated version of the fourth hole at Bandon Dunes. Like the, it unveils the sea and then this green is it, the, the course is not designed to be like postcard pictures and stuff, but this is the hole that's like, oh, <laughs> you turn the corner. That was the whole chat was like, oh, okay, all right, I see what we're talking about. And here. even before you get to the green, you're hitting over this like pit of despair that's yeah. probably 50 feet deep or something <laughs> like that. That there's like there's a tiny like trash can sized bunker at the bottom of it. It's like the most mean spirited bunker ever. Which normally, again, like I would be. Be totally against like man, who's like the worst players are hitting it down there, and that's just gonna slow everything down. But you go by it, you're like, ah, that's pretty cool, actually. Well, also, the weather we had perfect weather coming through that yeah. stretch, and the sun came out, and you're going out to the ocean. So, for us, it was the best looking hole maybe of the trip. But I could also see if, if the weather's gnarly, it could be really scary hitting into that green, oh, totally. into the wind, and like you, you just look at the clouds rolling in off, off the water. So that's that's an element, like I said earlier, if we could play a course twice, uh, thinking about a course that could change completely oh. from day to day, like that's one that would just be totally different. And it's like, I don't know how you guys find it. Like, it's not easy. I, I thought it's no. like, I thought it's more like one of the more challenging courses that we played. I mean, there's a lot of spots to, that the you back nine, especially it's tough, can lose a golf ball in the, the Merrim grass. Out I there. think my, I think my feeling or my sense of the course is skewed or like the sense of ease or difficulty is skewed because of Huey. Dude. I, did, I didn't read a putt all day. He just told me, hey, hit it here, hit it here. Or like like just very, very exact 
and he wasn't even reading them. It was all just from memory and knowing exactly what it does. I, I've, I've never probably, seen anything like I it. I probably made 200 feet of putts. <laughs> and it I never made 200 feet of putts. S- similar yeah. to how, when they say that style in the broadcast, I don't know if that's good. It sounds good. I don't, <laughs> I don't know what that number means. <laughs> but it was, but that's it was, what's funny. Is like we, got, we got done. I think that was the day we got done. We were playing two separate groups. So it, was like you, it was like Neil, Chad, and Solly, and me, Tron, and Randy. And we got done, and you guys are like, yeah, it's just it was hard. Like you know, nobody made any putts. Didn't make like any putts. I was like, really? We made literally every putt <laughs> that we looked at because the Huey did, were perfect. Huey told us exactly where to hit it, and I've never like we've all played with like tour players and whatever. Like he's the best reader of greens that I've ever seen in my entire life. He's, it will he's never. The best I, ever nobody ever. will ever ever pass it. Yeah. It was unreal. Two things to note. Um, I so. I played this course maybe three years ago, and everyone's like, well, what'd you think of the Dell? What'd you think of the Dell? The fifth hole, and I was like, I mean, yeah, it was fine. <laughs> There's a 5 and a 5A, and I had played 5A. There's like a separate par 3. Like, they had the Dell hole closed. And so this was the first time I actually got to play that. But on the back nine, there's an 11 and an 11A. We got to play 11A, and that is the original McKenzie Green. There's only like two original McKenzie Greens still out there, and it's not that even in the real routing. Gnarly. Um, but the the other 11th hole was actually pretty sick too, but we got to play the 11A par 3, which was a Are you not going to let me talk about 9? Oh, sorry. We, <laughs> we, we, we're doing a separate we podcast. The, the, <laughs> so we can go with the course, and we're all, we're all raving about 4, 5, 6, <laughs> as is Tron, and Tron, TC can be prone to hyperbole at times. And he's saying, like, all these holes are all world. And he goes, well, nine. Nine's the best, the best hole I've ever played. <laughs> and then somebody said, well, you just said that number four was, like, one of the best holes in the world. He's like, well, it might not be the best hole on the course. But it's the best <laughs> hole I've ever played. <laughs> so, so with that, TC, please take it away. It reminded me a little bit of 14 at Dornick, where you got to hit it down the left side if you want the – proper view at the green there's this big dune on the right side the green's 56 yards long uh if you miss left you're absolutely like you're it's like a it's like jonestown over there on the I, re- left. I resent that i've played the course twice jonestown. horrible That's horrible I've ever heard. horrible misses left both times the yardage book says if you hit it left it's certain bogey i've gotten it up and down both times <laughs> Take well, that hey, you didn't drink the cool yeah i mean I, I think i shot like 92 both days and but it, I I know, just the way it, the way it uses the land and the way it sits i, I, I th- thought it was a magnificently simple hole yeah it was, it was it. funny we like that Stra- Listen, walking weight sure. three through eight, <laughs> I was like in a trance. Played. I was yeah. like a zombie that was, I just knocked my socks off. And I checked my phone and the message from Tron's like, hey, did you draw number nine? <laughs> 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 it's the best hole I've ever played. Well, it might not be the it best hole be the, the best hole the course, <laughs> but it's the best hole I've ever, I've ever played. So it became a thing. The rest of the trip was like, that hole was, su- I mean, it was no nine at Lahinch, but that <laughs> hole was sweet. Um, I mean, like, like, so the part three, 11 is, is, is sweet. And then you get out there. Uh, you get out there to like twelve, that long par five. I love that hole down the river. Oh, down the river oh, is yeah. so cool. Drivable thirteenth. You made a deuce on that one, right? I you did. See? Yeah, I did. That Randy was... made a birdie on that on that one. Everybody yeah. seems to be coming around. Good job, Randy. Yeah. Way to go, Ra- Good job, buddy. Job. Randy Thanks, was guys. Randy was getting a little tired of of uh, being treated like special needs Randy. I think. And then and then whatever <laughs> whatever he hit a good shot. Way to go, Randy! Come oh. on. Well, that was the last time Randy was a kid. Oh, good job! You made a poo-poo in the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yay! Listen, Randy's playing the best golf of his life right he now, is right so now. he doesn't need any more. Randy's a charity compliments. Dangerous ass twelve right now. <laughs> I don't think Randy missed a, a fairway after 
like 10 or 11 at yeah at Lahinch oh, for the God. rest of the trip that's true and then well so then you the, had that one driver driver he's got goal. speed now oh driver driver that was 14 like, so like four, 14 driver. through 18 you're like all right fun's over you just get your dick knocked in yeah. way in. I, uh, I can't i don't know when this podcast is going to come out but like i i can't wait to watch the irish open i think it's going to be yeah i think people are going to complain which is always a good recipe for tournaments i love to watch i think there's gonna be spectacular shots hit i think they got a chance to get some gross weather they're gonna take it deep i think though they might they're yeah. moving two of the par fives on the front they're gonna make those par fours parts are um, relevant yeah. it is irrelevant <laughs> but um uh that night um after just a tremendous day we got some dinner we went to was it called cornerstone the little little yeah. pub in, in uh and chad called it the best pint we had of the whole trip the best Guinness we had of the whole trip which we were trying to rank them all, then like halfway through, we're like, dude, we're kind of drunk. Like, I don't yeah, know. well, it started it started raining too, which yeah. I think helps when you're sitting in a an old pub. pub, yeah, you know, and it's raining outside. There's well, we kind of mentioned it be. very briefly, but like the town of Lahinch is part of what makes it so cool. Yes. I think, and, and it's like St. Andrews or or North Berwick, where you're sitting right in the middle of town, and you're you know you're not necessarily like playing through buildings or anything but you can see the town from the entire golf course and it just makes gets randy so excited it does yeah, I think graveyards in town yeah, exactly. <laughs> well it's great when someone's calling out like aim at the church steeple yeah, yes for real. Oh, it's the that's best the best even if it's not a good line yeah. I, I aim at house the, in the distance i aim at the Love church it. steeples but it makes you feel like a true in like the best way it makes you feel like a true visitor of that town rather than just you know, going way out of town into like a farm field somewhere, which is which is great too, and, but and like, different. But what makes the experience so great is like the the people in the towns. I don't want to say it this way, but like they know who butters their bread. Like they yeah. know that like tourism is what does this whole thing. Like makes everything go round for them. So they treat you so well, and it's not kissing your ass, but it's like they try to give you the best and most real and authentic experience. And that's what we got that night yeah. at the nineteenth, which is the pub <laughs> we went to. Around the corner, I just feel like Irish people know how to hang out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, we went there. It's this uh, pub we're watching a. I think a Liverpool match was on that night, and uh, and we're having a cu- couple pints, and then we're talking to the owner, and he's t- teaching us, how, telling us how to pour a Guinness. We end up behind the bar, and he's li- he actually teaching us how to pour the Guinness. Pull and pull the Guinness. Pull the Guinness, guys. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I lost the battle. Um, and we posted something on Instagram, like, on our Instagram story, saying like where we were and whatnot. And somebody replied in the DM almost immediately, like, oh, the 19th. Like, Patty, that guy is the best, the owner. He'll drive you home if you need to. And, like, 20 minutes later, we're like, all right, we need to go home. Let's get a taxi. He tries to call us a taxi. He's like, yeah, there's no taxis. I'll I'll take you guys home. Which was, like, 15 minutes away. It was not close. And sure enough, he leaves somebody else to work the bar and drove us to our hotel, like, 15 minutes away. His daughter drove the other car, which I think scared the shit out of you you guys that were in that that car. Mildly terrifying. <laughs> but I was like, that was the, the I was like the night we were like, oh, so glad we're not doing 36 whole days and jumping out of town and like getting to spend some time in town, uh, which the day we we're recording this last night, Peter Burns from ESPN was uh, he, had, he had called me asking for tips for Ireland. I was like, dude, just go to the 19th. And he sent me. You know, we're talking uh, about hurling with uh, in the in the car with Patty. Patty gave us a hurling. I don't know what it's not a, called a ball, but it's called a yeah, which is like a kind of like a field hockey sport yeah. that that people play over there. And he sent me a video of them playing hurling in the street outside the 19th with Patty at two <laughs> o'clock in the morning last night. It's like that. That's the experience right there. So that was that, to me that day was the highlight of the trip. I, I think. I think. I know we're going long on the hitch but like to your point neil of wanting to kind of camp out at one spot and play it a couple times like i don't think there would be any question in my mind that it would be Lynch is where i would do that 
Yes. You know, if you're going to play somewhere multiple days or stay or see more of the town or whatever, that's that's where I would good take set up some roots. Very that's, good take. That's top, it's top three favorite golf courses I've ever played right up there with the old course. Yeah. All right, moving on to the next course, maybe the uh, the least similar to any other course on the trip. We headed inland to Adair Manor. Um, Adair Manor was built, the golf course was built in 1995. Uh, by Tron's boy Robert Trent Jones. Uh, by almost all reports, it kind of sucked. Uh, J.P. McManus, the Irish legend, bought it and gutted it. He brought in the Foz and the largest barrel of cash you can imagine and built like the most pristine golf course. I haven't seen all the golf courses in Ireland. There's no way that this is not the most pristine golf course in Ireland. Um, Neil, you, this is this one kind of spoke to your soul at least a little bit. The Strat Boy got to got to step out and enjoy how the other side lives. So, so Adair, I got I got a, a good taste of how the C Suite lives, and uh, and I liked it. Um, it's an estate, and actually, Neil, it's a manor. Well, no, but like it, it is a manor. But you I didn't really know what a man. I didn't really know what a manor was. You well, don't I did. have any manners. <laughs> yeah, see, I don't really understand that, um, but it. it you know, there's there's all kinds of other activities. It's where McManus has his racing horses. He's got, you know, skeet shooting and falconry. And so to speak specifically about the golf, um, it was by far the nicest manicured course I've ever played. And to give you a sense of that, like, you know, I've always got a bunch of no laying up tees with me. And after I hit a drive, I usually, you know, guerrilla marketing, I'll just leave them on the tee boxes. <laughs> um, so I didn't realize this, but on like the fourth or fifth hole, I turn around and Every tee I've been doing that with, the caddy was literally picking them up after I'd walk off the tee box. Because, and I asked him, he's like, "Yeah, we can't. There's not literally nothing but grass out there. Like they pick up anything they see. They're instructed to to pick it all up." Neil, that's why we don't take you these trips. <laughs> well, listen, I, I you know lesson learned. But I that was kind of one of those like little real world things where you're like, "Whoa!" Like I'm I'm uh, you know I'm not at the Muni anymore. I'm not at the Flushing Meadow Pitch and Putt anymore. Um, but it was, I, I thought it was a delightful Parkland golf course. And I kept getting, and I think I told you guys this when we were there, I, it, I kept getting a Jane Eyre vibe with like the castle <laughs> in the background. It just felt like, uh, and I'm a big sucker for castles. So I thought the setting itself um, was like something that it, it was very uh, spiritual, like secret gardens and stuff. Yeah. And my favorite hole was very the romantic. Fifth. Yeah, it was. It was really. It kind of. It, it had soul. I yeah, thought. Yeah. Even for being new, it had soul. The fifteenth hole is my favorite. It's a drivable par four down the river, with the castle just like looming. The big you know? right miss could have taken out the castle. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, it was. But it was it, the the castle just it, like I don't even think some of the pictures will do it justice of just how big it feels when you're, you know, walking underneath yeah. it. Um, so I think it's worth noting a course that, and Sally and I were talking about this, it's really nice to play a course that's that well-conditioned, especially with the, the contrast of all the Lynx courses we play that are very rugged and, and some of them rough around the edges. This was the exact opposite of that, and I was really happy that we played a Parkland course because, again, it gives you a little bit more perspective to appreciate the different um, ways a golf course can be built. And it if it's not clear this place is expensive like it is probably i think 400 euros yeah. around mandatory caddies but i, I asked, actually asked the guy about this too to, to put that in perspective i i asked i was like so you know what's it what's it cost like other members to join he's like it's you know it's outrageous it's mental and i was like well give me like give me a ballpark and he's like well i think it's like you know 
15, 20 K just initiation, just to join. <laughs> and then it's probably another 10 yearly dues. And I want to be like, dude. like he was like, my reaction was like, are you fucking serious? <laughs> and he was like, yeah, it's that bad. And I was like, dude, let me, let me, let me tell bring you, you back to the U S <laughs> yeah. for a second. Yeah. And like, so not to say that's not a lot of money. It is a lot of money. And to play a, a public round of golf, there's, you know, like 350 euro. That's, you could play five other courses for it. So, but at the same time, I'm like, this is still so much more sustainable and available. Like the, the price, it just, it kind of made me mad about U.S. golf. Oh. Like hearing that this is outrageous and, and mental. And I was like, no, it's not. What's outrageous is the way golf is, is played in the U.S. That's my rant. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say like the, the difference between the two here is that this is not a private golf course. Like you, you can go call them up and book a tee time. And then kind of some people were giving us feedback of like, why would you go all the way to Ireland just to play a Foz that's like exactly like playing golf in the U.S.? It's like, well, hey, guess what, buddy? This golf course, if it's built in the U.S., we don't get to play it. It's not a publicly available golf course. And you, it's like no shame about it. It's like expensive. And if, but if you want to go play what I would – it's the nicest golf course I've ever played, the best condition I've ever played. And they said they were six days away from it actually being in the best shape it's going to be Six in. days. Which was I was the, like, I, the I, superintendent was like six days. The superintendent, yeah, you'll see him in the the tour sauce episode. Maybe the the biggest pros pro that that we came across yes. on this trip. The absolute scientist, <laughs> consummate scientist, professional. Yeah, he was awesome. The and, the the wizard of the sub airs. Yeah, you hear well, the yeah, sub air about the sub air yeah. stuff. Everything about it was, it was just a really interesting place to um, play golf, walk around, and learn about. It's weird to picture like what what would a golf course look like if you had an endless budget. Right, and we kind of knew that going in, and being somewhat of a snobby hipster, that kind of makes my gears grind a little bit. Where I'm like, oh gosh, it's just you know, golf should be natural, and the golf course is probably gonna stink. And we got out there, I was like, ah, we had gloves up. Yeah, it's it's actually pretty, it's pretty good. (laughs) The golf course is is pretty good, especially the back nine. I thought the front nine was, I don't want to be too glowing. First eight holes were kind of cheesy. Yeah, I thought the front nine was was pretty throwaway. I couldn't really remember too many of those if you pressed me on it right now but i thought the back nine especially once you got to 12 like 11 was the par three that was kind of whatever and I then like, that was a good hole. it was, it was there was, was a river. The river there was a river, the river. Kind of, yeah whatever <laughs> it was flashy uh it's good for your instagram <laughs> but, look at me but uh once you got to 12 you get to mm. like then all of a sudden it felt like you're you're dodging into like three or four different like almost like climates or, mm-hmm. or regions like 12 felt like you were in like boston or Philly or something, that big like par five with the stone wall. And then you come around that corner, you get down into kind of like this bog down by like the cemetery. Shout out to Randy. Mm. You get over there mm. and then like uh, you get, or I guess that was uh, 14, but and then you get to 15, you got the big imposing castle and like they've, they've made no secret about, you know, sounds like it'd be a future Ryder Cup venue in uh, 2026. It's like, Basically, from what I gather, a done deal. Kind of so, wish the Italians would just go ahead and mess yeah, stuff yeah, up. Punt, punt on theirs. But it was a... Uh, it's a perfect Ryder Cup. It was. And that's where kind of going around at the beginning, like going through those front nine holes, I was kind of like, oh, God, dude. They're just... There's another example of the Ryder Cup just being bought by the highest bidder and the golf course is going to be boring. And then you get to like 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. And you're like, holy shit, this is going to be so fun. Well, I will say the other similarity with Augusta is that I thought 17 was was stinky. Stinky Nandina. <laughs> because you come off 16 and it's this epic hole, and then 17's like the air comes out of the balloon a little bit. You like go know. back behind the trees. I thought 17 was cool. Right. cool. And then 18. I like awesome. 17 at Augusta too, though. So. It's not dramatic, but I thought 17 a classic it's stinky hole. 13 was like the, the high, one of the highlights, yeah, that little part so four. Good. But and do you want to talk about yeah. the bathrooms by 13? 
<laughs> yeah, our caddy was like, you have to go in these bathrooms. <laughs> and so DJ and I like, said this okay. to me. <laughs> me and you and Coyne all walked yeah, into this. It's like, just like one horse bathroom. bathroom yeah. And I told Coyne, I'm like, dude, I don't know. He told us, like, we have to check it out. <laughs> so the three of us were walking into the bathroom and we opened it up. And I guess there was like a marble. It was like a marble floor and air conditioning. And yeah. Like, it was, it I was, was expecting, nice. honestly, I was but expecting if, a little bit more based on like if the you're setup. F- if you're familiar with the Fozzes, uh, yeah. comfort station. <laughs> repertoire that it you would you wouldn't be surprised yeah. by it at all the adair manor was a tremendous i don't want to say experiment of like but it answers the question of like what would a round of golf be like if you had a perfect lie for every single shot you hit <laughs> yeah like the rough which was, solly loves yeah <laughs> oh, i was grooved like the the fairway the even it's even got a little bit spongy like the ball sat up on the fairway and the rough was not even rough it like was better it was better to even hit out of the rough than it was the fairway and but they did a good job of like you didn't want to be in the rough. You didn't want to be coming in from those angles into into some of these greens. So it was just like uh, it was a mashing session of just <laughs> flushing irons yeah. off of it. And Daddy, I really was Daddy's mashing. Daddy yeah. was mashing a little bit. I didn't play very well, but it was so fun to just. And that's where spinning you, the ball everywhere. It was lo- so cool. Yeah. We, I, I love to try to pretend that like architecture and strategy means the most to me. But sometimes just like a, hitting balls off really, really, really nice grass is incredibly fun. It you're feels a, you're special. You're a turf whore. I am a turf whore. I love it. I, I kissed the ground at one point, and it was very clean. I did not get any diseases from that ground. <laughs> I I thought that the golf course was in the best shape of any course I've ever seen in my life and probably ever will see in my life. I thought the accommodations were probably the nicest, like not probably, definitely the nicest that we saw. They, they gave us like an incredibly nice place to stay. It was unfortunate almost that we stayed up so late drinking. Uh, that we couldn't spend more time in the in the bedrooms because they were great. Uh, I thought all the f- like they set us up with like falconry, oh. that was phenomenal. I thought the food that we had was by far the best dinner that we had. All of that said, like it would you would have a hard time convincing me. I don't want to be stick in the mud guy, but you'd have a hard time convincing me to go to Ireland and not playing links golf all the time. Yeah, like I, I think it was an awesome one off experience, but. To all of those things, like the, I would rather play Karn where the turf was like, you know, non-existent in some spots, and I, I just, I don't know. I'm curious what you guys think, but I, I don't want to be, uh, you know, dissent is good yeah. to, to discuss. Well, I felt like th- that was like the first class party on the Titanic. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. That, like I, I felt like Leo, and I got invited. And I was like, <laughs> we can go smoke brandy and, <laughs> or drink brandy and smoke cigars. And it's like, you want to go to a real party? <laughs> and then we went to Reedy's in Killarney. It was like, yeah, it's a real party <laughs> down in Steerage. Uh, I thought it was interesting where J.P. McManus, Ireland's richest man, owns the place. His name is not found there. Yeah. Anywhere. No, that was a great observation. Contra. Uh, to your point, Deej, I think if the golf course was something like I'd seen somewhere else, I would one yeah. million percent agree. And I would I, I would seek out and say, don't go out of your way to play an inland course. You're there to play Lynx golf. I thought this was a unique experience, a different experience to anything else I've ever had yeah. and worthwhile of heading inland. That that kind of question you're asking of should I play Lynx golf? Should I really Stop playing links to go play, and then one, it was nice to get away from the sea for yeah. a day. It, it the perspective been, of that, I think, is important too. It would have been better midway through the trip. It was kind of early in the trip. We didn't need a break from the wind, and you know, playing. But links like beats you up a little bit. And if you're looking for, if you want to get a little posh in the middle of your trip, like ugh, that is yeah, the place. For sure. to Sheesh. Do it. Sheesh. <laughs> well, it was just everything was just so tasteful. Yeah, 
It was. Well, especially they put the no laying up logo on top of, on the on like the foam of a. That Guinness was probably person. the least tasteful. Which, yeah. fi- <laughs> finally, that's what we were. Yeah, I know. Finally, someone gets. God, it. you know the so way to our hearts. Somebody rolled out the red the red carpet. No, it was it was a tremendous experience, and uh, God, we hit it we hit it hard early because the next course up was Bally Bunyan, which is it. You know, maybe the best course in the world. Might, yeah, it might be <laughs> the Led Zeppelin of our trip. That, yeah. So that sandwich of Lahinch, Adair, and Bally Bunyan was it was it was a, it was a Lynx sandwich, if you will, or a, um, I don't know if that's right. A Lynx toasty. It, it would be a, yeah, be a Lynx be, toasty. It was kind of a Parkland sandwich. A Parkland yeah, right. sandwich, yeah. Uh, Bally Bunyan is by all by all accounts kind of looking through the Dope Confidential Guide. It's uh, one of the few courses that gets gets two tens, ten rating, almost perfect rating. Which basically means, like, if you missed any one single shot from this course, like, you would be missing out on an, a true experience. 1925 Fred Smith Golf Course and Tom Simpson and Molly Gourlay revised it in 1936. Tom Watson visited in 1982, and what it's the it's that visit is like really what put Ballet Bunyan on the map. They have a statue there for him. Um, basically, he came back and raved about it and said it was one of his favorite golf courses in the world. Um, Fred Smith, the, the the FedEx guy. <laughs> I think so. I think pretty. I think sure. it's time for a FedEx point update <laughs> in the pod. Brought to you by Fred Smith. Uh, Bally Bunyan, it, it's a golf course that, gosh, it's a it's, you play it. I played Bally Bunyan for the first time after playing Bandon, and honestly, because of because I played it in that order, I'm like, oh yeah, they modeled it after Bandon. <laughs> <laughs> really, it's like you see it, it's like all right, this place is the inspiration for Bandon dudes. Yeah. Like it, it just smells like it, it breathes like it. Some of the golf holes are so incredibly similar. Like the the seventh hole at Bally Bunyan just runs right along the coast. It looks exactly like the fourth hole, pretty much at Pacific Dunes. A little less of an angle, but. Just some incredibly special golf holes. It zigs in and out, going to the sea, comes back inland, back to the sea, multiple different times, exactly like they do at Bandon Dunes. And it's got wonderful quirk. There's back-to-back par fives where you're teeing off over the previous green, which is a little nerve-wracking at times. But, uh, man, it's just it's a complete golf course. And we got – this is the day that Storm Hannah started to hit the uh, the west coast of Ireland, and we got conditions. This was the day of <laughs> it was conditions. tough. <laughs> yeah, it was it was really tough. The winds rolled in a little bit later than we were anticipating. I think we were we were expecting to get blown over on on our first eighteen there, and it's it kind of ramped up on the on the back nine, but not to the point where. Well, to start the day, we were like we went out to go drone it. It was yeah. like nope, yeah, on no the air seventh hole today. it was blown like the flag is. I got a picture of the flag going sideways. It it's it was crazy. And that was of all the courses we played, probably not the one to have. Uh, Brutally tough wins. No, <laughs> it was like Valley Bunyan is maybe the biggest big boy golf course that I've ever played. Like it just, I mean, Neil and I we were kind of talking throughout the whole thing, just like trying to assign bands to to each course, and maybe we run through those later. But uh, when we got to Valley Bunyan, I think Neil's Neil's take was spot on. on it, it's like it's Led Zeppelin, <laughs> where it's like, man, I can, I really want to get into it, but I can't listen to it every day. You yeah, know what I mean? Like, like this is, it's, it's too heavy. overwhelming. It's, it's overwhelming. Yeah. Like, I need a break. Yeah. So, which goes back to like a dare manner. Like, if if you're getting that kind of weather the whole trip, it would be really nice to go inland for a day and be like, all right, cool. Like, I still know how to play golf. I'm trying to think of. Uh, Almost like the American kind of equivalent. I, I don't know. I've never played Kiowa, but Kiowa strikes that's, me as that's a good, yeah, pretty good take. It strikes me as a place that where you just like get beat up, right? And 
I don't I'm like the I don't stadium like to, course. The stadium course is like that too. I don't. Yeah, it's I, a I, second shot course. It too. is, but it, and I'm not necessarily making a comparison. But what I'm saying is like when you play a really, really, really hard golf course in the U.S., most times I'm like, all right, dude, I'm good. I'm like, I don't really want to do that again. Like that was like it's not like fun getting beat up i actually had like fun getting beat up at belly bunion which if was that, a, if that makes any sense like it's totally of, different a lot you're of always finding your ball though it, it was yeah because i true. played it when it's down and it is yeah. not that that challenging yeah. like it's just a it, yeah that was this was like a four or five club win day definitely I mean, later on it was like a eight club win day <laughs> when we went out to the cash i thought the course. first six holes were kind of, or five holes were kind of Whatever, great. Second hole is great. Second Rand, hole is awesome. Randy, Third hole is great. Randy, I take issue with that. <laughs> crazy good cemetery. That was probably one of the better cemeteries of the trip. Very much in play. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Randy was driving it so good he aimed at the cemetery and just hit a little snap draw. <laughs> you know Mike, our tour driver's favorite joke? Whenever we go past the cemetery, he's like, you know how many people are buried in that cemetery? I'd say, no, Mike, how many? All of them. <laughs> <laughs> Two hours to Kalani. <laughs> people, people are dying to get into that cemetery. <laughs> but and then and then it really turns on at like six. I thought six. You kind of make that turn out to the ocean. Six, seven, eight, nine again. Great oh. hole number nine. No, it was no nine at La Hinch, but it was a really good hole. Yeah, yeah it, might be, more, it might be more. It might be more. Bally Bunny might be more Skrillex because <laughs> on seven just, <laughs> <laughs> just drops. <laughs> but it's just got everything. It's like beautiful. It's like postcard beautiful. And it's also incredibly fun and playable. And it, I really wish we could have seen it last year when it was totally baked out. Some of the pictures from last year looked absolutely insane. But um, it, it gets a ton of play. It is like a one of the biggest stops on the tour that – anyone that goes and plays golf in Ireland does. And if, if you go to Ireland and don't play it, you are a million percent missing out. I mean, it's just, you can't, there's not, a, we'll, we'll talk more probably about Doombeg than we will Belly Bunyan because it's just like, oh yeah, that's like incredible. Like that's the greatest ever. Yeah. What what about the cash and course? The cash and course. Uh, so they do have a second course there. It was built uh, in the eighties um, when they, by Robert Trent Jones in 1983. Boy, TC. It, they had this dune lands that was kind of on the was it north of there, um, just on the other side of the of the course, and uh, south of uh, on the south. And they Robert Trent Jones built this course, and it, it it's okay, like it's fun. We went out and played like Scotch foursomes. Uh, the greens are just probably a bit too small, and we also played it. We all we literally went out because it was <laughs> they're, they're too small for a windy. sixty mile an hour. Wind. It was the windiest <laughs> round of golf we've ever with No reason we would have done it other than we like we kind of wanted to see what it's like to play in that much. The wind. wind so we took carts out on that one. The windshield on one of the carts in the group ahead of us blew out. <laughs> well, that's what we were so. I forget who was. Were you riding with me or was Randy riding with me? Someone. I was with Coinage. I think you were riding with me, and it was like sitting on his lap. Sorry, that's immature. We got to the top of one of the hills. We're like, when you really get out by the, out by the water, and we we're like, dude, like I've never had to say this before, but like we have to go in because we might get hurt yeah. by this wind. Like this windshield is about to like blow out into our face. The uh, like we're standing up on like you could just feel the wind coming. It was nuts. It was like hurricane force winds. We're out there like hitting hitting golf shots, hitting so. yeah, trying to hit like hooded wedges. One ninety. I hit the best hit shot I hit of the trip was a three wood from one hundred and seventy yards that didn't reach the green. Yeah, and we get up to that one of that par five green, and you know we're playing you know alternate shot and our scotch foursomes and skins, and Tron goes to putt his ball. 
and his ball just starts rolling off the green. The wind just, and <laughs> he, he goes kind of mickles it. it. Yeah, he scooped it's disgusting. <laughs> he tried to scoop it instead of embracing the rub of the green. He uh, tried to scoop it. It was it was so dumb. It was so much fun. I don't I, even know how much video we had from it. I think the dunes on that nine were actually bigger. They they're oh, yeah. right like they were totally they were pretty majestic. Yeah. I think I had fun on that course. It, it's great if you go in with the right expectations, right? Yeah, and it's I think you've. If they built something like the preserve at Bandon, that's what I was gonna or, say. It's it's not a it's not a great compliment because it's just like inferior to the old course. Like the preserve yeah. at Bandon is an alternative and a fun thing to go do. And, and it's, it's a little bit more rustic in the way that they condition it, and there's just all sorts of crazy undulations all over the place and in the fairways. So there's like the shot values on some of the shots like are great. You're probably gonna lose like six balls yeah. too, but like. Just go in with that knowledge, play alt shot or something, and it's a blast. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good emergency nine. Yeah, totally. All right, on to Waterville. Um, the original nine holes at Waterville date back to 1889. Eddie Hackett redid the course entirely in 1973, and the Tron's boy, the Foz, came in and revised the golf course. Uh, Randy, why don't you take us to Waterville? Yeah, I loved Waterville. Um, it was it spoke to me. I it was much more tranquil weather after uh, Bally Bunyan, which which helped I think. Um, DJ, we played together there, and the word that kept running uh, came out of our mouths was just a lot of elegant holes. <laughs> it was uh, yeah, just a lot of elegant par fours, elegant par fives. The the front nine um, is good. I know Tron. You thought it was maybe a, a little weak, but I think that's probably only because I, the back nine is is really strong. Um, it for me the some of the highlights. Uh, the twelfth is called the Mass Hole, and it's this you know two hundred yard, depending on what tees you know this this par three over just a gigantic uh, valley. And we got to play with Tom Coyne, which was cool, and, and he was kind of giving us some history. But it's called the Mass Hole because the Catholics in the area used to have to go down there uh, to worship on Sundays because it, you know, they, they weren't allowed to do it out in the open. Uh, so there's this, this deep valley where they, they could uh, all get together and, and worship. The, the Methodists, like, you were persecuting. <laughs> well, no, no, that's... We don't have to on. get into that. Um, you're, you're a Cromwell guy. We but when, when that's, Hackett, a tra- that's a trap drop podcast. When, when, Hackett was, uh, when Hackett was building the course, I guess, the workers, he wanted to build the green, like, down in the valley. The workers were like, no, we're not, we're not touching that ground. It's It's sacred. And so, you know, as, as Tom Coyne said it, like, oh, Eddie was like, okay, cool. Like, let's just put the green up here, then we'll just hit over it. Um, what so, a time! To, what a time to be a worker. <laughs> yeah. Now, dude, we're good. <laughs> yeah. But I, I okay. thought that was All right. um, no, it's cool. okay. Just just for the history and, and the uniqueness, I thought that was a you know one of the highlights of the trip. That hole, and then you know, strongholds fourteen fifteen, um, were were really fun golf holes. And then I thought the the finishing three holes were exceptional 16 is called liam's ace uh liam higgins an old club pro uh, apparently aced the hole and it's like this 360 yard par four that i've heard it's shut for the life of me well and so i guess he's prone to tall tales (laughs) but it's like for the life of me i don't know how anybody could ace that i think i had like drivers even downwind (laughs) even if it was downwind it doesn't shape for any type yeah um and then 17 is this part three where 
we, we went back. We, we were playing a, a tee set up, but we went back and um, – or we went up and played Tom's the – strong-armed us into playing the back tees. Yeah, we, we played the back tees, which were at the highest point on, on the property. And from there, you just have this total 360-degree panoramic view of um, – the property, the the ocean. You feel like uh, you're in the Caribbean a little bit. Yeah, yeah. like Hawaii almost. Yeah, it's got it's tropical like mountains and, and palm trees. I, I thought that was probably the coolest spot um, I stood in on the trip, maybe. So, which to like to to show how bad the storm was that hit. Like there was sand from the beaches below that had blown up into the 16th fairway and like had yeah. coated the 16th fairway. Yeah, like, it was like 80 mile an hour winds the night before. No exaggeration. And then um, 18 was just this nice par five finisher right along the right along the beach. So I'll, I'll turn it to you guys. I, I loved Waterville. Um, the only thing that was unfortunate, they're redoing the clubhouse, and so everybody talked about it's it's a phenomenal place to to sit and have a drink after the round. So we didn't get to um, take advantage of the views in the clubhouse, but the, for the course itself, I I loved it. Do they still have the transatlantic cable in there? I know I, I know that was all under renovation, but the the course was basically originally built for people that were working on the transatlantic cable, which. Honestly, if I'm in the nest, I didn't know that was a thing until I visited oh. there. But they literally laid a cable between oh. Ireland and the, the Schuster US. Brothers. Just in the 1800s, about underwater cables. How do they do that in the 1800s? Did you they, know Google's laying ten of them just this year? I knew. I Private. did know that. Neil, how do you do that in the That's 1800s? That's inappropriate. No free ads. <laughs> listen, listen. I have no affiliation with those guys anymore. But That's gross. You should call your congressman about some of that stuff. Anyways, it's in the corner, the southwest corner of Ireland, and it's like not the closest point to the U.S. probably, but that's like where they laid the cable, which I, I thought that was nuts. That's I'd, a cool I'd story. like to call out two things about Waterville. One, um, I think it's it's top three. I think there's three logos that stand out. Oh, the easily. goat at Lahinch, which is tough to beat. Uh, Dukes. The frog. The frog. The toad. The, yeah. the, the Nutter Jack toad. And then the hare at Waterville. And I think the hare sums up Waterville. It's really classy. Yeah, it's a it's a gentleman's club. That's how I felt. And the logo, I got a putter cover. That was one of the only pieces of merch that I got on the trip. And for I'm, Keisha, for Keisha, my putter, and I'm thrilled with it. Uh, and two, Tron has um, reestablished his nickname as Gutenberg because we had a we. It's a great match play course, and we had a match with 22 presses <laughs> <laughs> he just kept pressing he presses everything I, dj we played in the group ahead with coin i was like i don't think our experience could have been any different no, i think we, we played for maybe five five euro you, maybe not we canceled our match we had a oh, match that's right going, and i was like dj i don't even want to play you like i'm just about kind of just in my own world out here well, well the schuster brothers did not do that <laughs> Well, underrated part too of that was the drive out there along the Ring of Kerry. Like oh, that, that's yeah. a total scenery change, and it like that that route is worth driving even if you're not going down to play golf. The Wild Atlantic Way. That's exactly right. Next up, uh, again, we we had built in a day to not play golf on this trip. You guys were going to go do a bike ride for some reason, which I still didn't understand. Ride but Dingle, baby. The storm had kind of changed those plans. It, it moved the bike ride back a day, which we no longer made that possible for our itinerary. So we decided to add a round of golf. Coin uh, and I were going to try to make it to, God, I'm going to mess it up, Countrebel, I believe is how uh, maybe it's I pronounced. That's, I think that's correct. Cl- close enough. Uh, I'm sure an Irish person listening to this is cringing, but... Uh, we added Dukes, a a just kind of uh, Neil. Why don't you take us to Dukes? I don't. I, yeah, I actually think we played Dukes before Waterville, if I'm not mistaken. I think it was the day after 
You're correct. Right? Didn't yeah. we? Yeah, yeah. Which, is no, which is no big deal because they're in the same area. Let yeah. the record show. Yeah, yeah. but just... Um, I regret the error. No, that's okay. That's okay. Um, but that's where I actually got the Caribbean vibes uh, because there's even more... There's these mountains across the bays. But the funny thing about Dukes was it was the only course where there really weren't dunes. Like, And so then I found that place to be a real change of pace because the wind was much more of a factor. Some of these other places, you can almost get the ball below some of these dunes. They're hundreds of feet high and kind of play below the wind. This place was totally exposed. Yeah, it felt like uh, we'll, we'll talk about County Sligo later, but kind of in that same way, it just felt very almost like Scottish. Um, you know, whereas a lot of the other Irish courses you're playing, like you said, you're, you're playing in and out of the dunes and the dunes kind of shape each hole. Whereas when you go to Scotland, it's kind of like, here's the big open field that we're playing in. And Dukes was, uh, Dukes was like a mix of both. Which it was, was, it it was, was kind awesome. of a gradual, you start up top on one and then you almost work your way down this gradual hill to the, to the, uh, to the water. Um, and then nine and 10 are all, like par five was, I think is 10 awesome. Like I think eight through 13 or 14 there were, were unbelievable. The meat of the round was, was really, really good. Um, and I like the, really like the vibe at Dukes. It was understated. It's kind of, you know, they don't probably don't get the, as much of the fanfare as like you hear with Bally Bunyan and stuff, but it felt like a real locals club. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Um, That's like in the say. bar, it just was like really, really, um, laid back and, you know, it felt I, like I, you were I, playing a place that like normal Irish people yeah. play a lot. And you don't get that feeling of Bally Bunyan or even La Hinch, like just cause there's so much visitor play, but that like, I felt like that was a course I could play every day, one, and like this is what n- quote unquote normal Irish yeah. links golf is and like. And in, co- in contrast to playing Ballybunny the day before, it was like, um, this is the course I could play every day. Whereas the other one felt like, man, I'm going to I, I need to go somewhere else probably after two or three rounds here at Ballybunny. Um, it was. That was it, some of the best scenery. Like, it was. The mountains in the distance across the wall. I think Hawaiian vibes. Big time Hawaiian. Vibes. I was kind of like getting off the bus, getting because like you said it was supposed to be kind of like an off day. We hadn't really scheduled anything, and so I was gonna get, like, I was gonna skip and get some work done and get footage dumped and all that stuff. Uh, and you guys kind of were scouting out the golf course, walking around a little bit, and we're like, hey, yeah, like respectfully, like knowing what we know about you, like, you, I think you really should play this. This seems like it might be the most like the golf course absolutely designed for you, just from a vibe perspective so i'm very uh eternally grateful to you guys for pushing, the, uh, pushing me to play because it was awesome well, it's, it's funny we saw we saw the hairs everywhere there and we saw some toads at waterville <laughs> <laughs> but we didn't see any any of the toads at dukes it kind of flip-flopped on the, on the logo there apparently our guy was telling us that uh on there's like a bog on 16 there he's like if you want it if you really want to see some nutter jack toads that's where they are. You can go check it out. I promise they're there. You just oh, you didn't see any. Peatland. <laughs> oh, I thought the um, I like the second hole was really cool. Short par four, um, and then I thought number twelve was like top five so holes. Straight up the hill. We played the With, whole like, trip. Like framed by the dune. Yeah. Oh my god, that was so good. Definitely no nine at the hinge, but it was really cool. <laughs> it, was, it was great. Hole. I yeah. I decided to play that round without a driver, without any woods, to see like, hey, what happens if I take the big right miss out of play? That was we're, a five we're actually going to throw and in a epic flash. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Time for an ad read. No, but <laughs> I uh, I just you know I hit the ball too high for probably the winds of Ireland, and uh, no. but yeah, I thought that for everywhere. Think, well, yeah, <laughs> listen for sure. Um, but that had gave me a a, a, a real focus on that round. 
because I was like, all right, I have to hit certain shots, which I think because these courses aren't that long, I would encourage people to mix up their bag a little bit if yeah. they're going on a trip and playing six or seven rounds of golf. Like I, I, I would do that again in a heartbeat, even though I didn't play. I could, probably would have played better if I had the full bag. It's, you, and it without changes. a driver, you beat the shit out of me as well. I did, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, do that. Yeah. I'll give you the last word. Oh, big guy. Did you blow over it all in the five club win we had out there? Yeah, I, I was, it, that was a tough, that was, I was on the struggle bus at Dukes. You're not um, the most aerodynamic for that, those kind of conditions. Yeah, the wind got me. It was, it's one of those things where it's like I was playing so poorly, it was challenging to appreciate the course. Um, so, that's, but that was a me problem. Yeah, this job sucks. <laughs> and I would say, Neil, respectfully, like, don't take your drivers out of the bag. <laughs> I think that's kind of a dumb idea. It helped you more. It didn't help you really? that round, but it helped Guys, you. Well, why? Healthy well, debate. No, 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 hold on. Yeah, you, yeah, wanna, like, debate. you don't think mixing it up a little bit? Like, mix, like you were repping the dog bag in Scotland. It's the same Yeah, well, same at certain idea. courses, but I don't yeah, think it's the course choice, to do it. Was, or the, the setting was probably a poor choice, but I still I stand by the, the principle of it. Sure. Hey, you don't have to justify. Listen, it. we'll take this offline. Last yeah. hole. Can we talk about eighteen? Sure. Well, hold, on, like hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I can't let someone go. The, the dog bag, though, you still have Options. your full. Like we had a. Yeah, you just like take can you out. Explain what the dog bag is. So it's six clubs, but yeah. you still the had like driver, set. hybrid, if you want five them. iron, nine iron. Like to, to just take out all bag. your Thanks. woods is like really limiting for. I'm not sure what the upside is with that. But I was trying to see if I could hit like punch shots with my three iron and yeah. guess what i couldn't you learn <laughs> yeah. and i learned you know. well that's why learning it's, happens it's, on the edge of uncomfortable it sounds miserable and i would encourage nobody to do that <laughs> <laughs> well I, st I still beat dj yeah listen anyway, you live listen, your truth you don't listen, have to explain forget it to, forget it you know what no you don't have to explain anything to randy i i love seeing you experiment a little bit get a little Thanks, get a little wild out there I so was 18 great. there was like a it was like a walled fortress around the green yeah. There was this was berm around the green, and you had this narrow opening, and that was that was a cool, really cool hole. Yeah, cool but the dunes that's that's really well said. Like the dunes that they did have, they used like expertly. It was, it was, it was so cool. Framed really back, nicely yeah. by that house too in the background. Yeah, with like yes. the double chimney. Going um, back to the very first course we talked about, though, like with Dunebeg not having a ton of soul, this place had soul. Like this is this is the place that like you yeah. go for that Irish experience, and that was that. great. Great bar yeah. in the clubhouse. And it is, it's hard too. I think, you know, if you listen to a lot of these podcasts or watch a lot of our videos, like, I think us having no expectations going into a place is Help. probably helps your golf course. For you sure. know, it's like when we know everything about it going in, like, it kind of can only disappoint yeah. almost, which is a depressing reality. But when we, uh, yeah, when we go to Dukes, it's, it's like nobody knew anything about it rolling in. And we all walked away, aside from Randy, we all walked away just kind of <laughs> raving about it. All right, that is it for part one. Thank you for tuning in. Stay tuned Tuesday night into Wednesday morning. Part two and the rest of our trip will be released then. Cheers. Uh, let's be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. Johnny, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most.